There are currently over 700 retail-based clinics across the country in retail pharmacies and big-box retailers. Many physician groups are asking the government to step in and regulate these clinics. Will these clinics survive? Do they provide an improvement to our health care system? You are listening to ReachMD XM, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Rick Kellerman, a practicing family physician in Wichita, Kansas, and president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. Dr. Kellerman, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me, Larry. So what do you think of these retail clinics? I personally don't like them. Well, to tell you the truth, I don't like them either, but they're going to be here. The American Academy of Family Physicians has talked to the three major retail clinics, and what I've become convinced of is that they have excellent business leadership, they have very good medical leadership, they are extremely well capitalized, I have a feeling 10 years from now, when I meet another doctor, I'll say, who do you work for? And he'll say, I'm, I'm a Walgreens guy, and the other guy will be a CVS guy, and we will all be owned by these mega corporations. Well, that may be. Most of the retail clinics are staffed right now by mid-level providers, although there are some business models that are staffed by physicians. And it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, entire phenomenon evolves over the next several years. What do you think the purpose of the phenomenon is? I mean, I, I see it as just the, you know, the Walgreens of the world wanting to get more money, just capture more money. There are a number of driving forces. We are in the age of consumerism. And by that, I mean that patients are oftentimes frustrated with our practices in terms of having a minor problem, getting into the practice, having to take off work, maybe bring your child in, sit in the waiting room for an hour, and see the physician, who oftentimes is rushed. And so from the patient's standpoint, I think we do have to put our put ourselves in the shoes of patients and what they want in terms of convenience. Do you kind of blame physicians for the crop-up of these in that we have not adapted or evolved to our patients' needs quickly? Well, I think that physicians are going to have to evolve in this environment. And we have seen a number of physician practices come up with their own innovations to compete with retail clinics, developing their own little quick clinics. And there are a number of different models that physician practices have developed to get patients with minor illnesses in and out quickly, sometimes extending office hours, sometimes seeing just minor problems over noon hour, open access scheduling. So I don't think that physicians should just throw up their hands but rather look at their practice models and see what convenience that they are providing to practices and determine the convenience factor in terms of how patients are viewing our practices. Has there been an outcry from family physicians? And, you know, as the president of the academy, are people saying to you, you've got to stop this, Dr. Rick? Yes, we have heard from many members who are upset with the retail clinic phenomenon They would like the uh, Academy and the AMA and other organized medicine groups to prevent change. The fact of the matter is this is a change that is going to occur. It's going to survive in some areas. It's not going to do as well in other areas. But what physicians are going to have to do is adapt and make a determination about how they wish to compete. So go with the flow. Well, it may not just necessarily be go with the flow. What we've told members is that they have some decisions they have to make. When a retail clinic comes into their community, the first thing is that they should try to speak with the owners and operators of the retail clinics. And what we're finding is that some of the retail clinics are 
owned and operated by large businesses and, or, or businesses, and this is the only thing that they do. But we're also finding that individual physicians are starting their own. We're finding that hospitals and healthcare systems are starting them up. So it's not necessarily an all or none phenomenon. We have other members who have been working with retail clinics for a long time as supervising physicians. They are on their referral panels. So individual physicians need to decide, do they want to supervise? Do they want to be referral physicians? Do they want to compete? And they can do all three of those if they wish to. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and I'm talking with Dr. Rick Kellerman, a practicing family physician in Wichita, Kansas, and president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. We're talking about retail-based clinics. Dr. Kellerman, what do you see as the, the primary problems associated with a retail clinic? The downside, if you will. Right. There are a number of downsides, I think. I think that physicians are concerned about fragmentation of care. And is this just one more way of fragmenting care? There are some legitimate public health questions that need to be answered. For example, is it appropriate to invite sick patients into a grocery store and be seen next to the produce section? Are there good hand-washing facilities? Are there needle disposal capabilities that are appropriate if it's a retail clinic that's drawing blood? Do they fit with Americans with the Disabilities Act requirements? So there are a number of public health issues. There are concerns that we've had members express about just the business relationship between the retail outlet and the retail clinic. Is that appropriate? So there are a number of questions that have come up about the operation of the retail clinics. It'll be nice to see a study in the future comparing how likely you are to get a prescription if you go to a retail clinic or your physician. Well, and I think that when we use the, the word retail clinic, it's a very generic term. Some of the larger groups that do this have very well-established protocols. Interestingly, they are measuring quality for the limited sort of things they provide. For example, they're tracking for earaches or sore throats the percentage of strep screens that are positive and the prescriptions that are being written, and then looking at the corridor between the clinics that may be above or below a standard deviation or whatever criteria they use. On the other hand, we have other retail clinics that are not doing those things. And so, again, retail clinic is a very generic term, and you kind of have to investigate the one that's going to be in your area and see what they're doing on a day-by-day basis. Have they penetrated Wichita, Kansas? Not yet, but interestingly, I just had a conversation with a local group here in town yesterday morning, and they were interested in starting a retail clinic. They saw this as a way of potentially funneling patients into their organization and also beating the national organizations that might, or the national businesses that do this, trying to beat them to the punch before they came into this area. Do you think the government is involved yet, or are they kind of sitting back and waiting to see how this kind of all plays out? The federal government, as far as I know, has not made any kind of, has not shown any particular interest in this that I know of. Now, we've started to see this play out at the state level, in particular Massachusetts. The physicians there and the uh, public health officials have been in conversation along with some of the national retail businesses about this. 
Georgia, I know, has also had controversy about this. So it's mostly going to play out in terms of government at the state level, uh, looking at the public health issues and other issues. If I'm a patient, I could see wanting to use these clinics and go repetitively for what I think is a minor problem. And I can envision a nurse practitioner or a PA missing a more serious diagnosis. And I await the first few lawsuits that come in for failure to diagnose and see how they handle that. I think you've got a great point, and it's a concern for all of us. And frankly, that's why the Academy has been involved in this. The first thing we do need to think about is patient safety. I think it's important to note that a retail clinic is not a substitute for having a personal physician. Uh, They are not a personal medical home. And in fact, some of the retail clinics that have really thought their business plan through realize that because financially, if they're going to survive, they must see a very limited scope of practice. The provider must basically get the patient into the office, take care of the patient, collect all of the money, do all of that in a 15-minute time frame. And so if they start getting into more complicated illness, their business model may not even survive. And we've had some of the retail clinics tell us that directly. Dr. Kellerman, you brought up a topic called the medical home. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Well, the medical home, of course, is what we've been trying to provide for years in family medicine and in primary care. And that is a way of providing care for the entire patient. One of the problems with the current healthcare system is just the fragmentation of care and trying to see the patient within the context of their family, providing most of the care that most patients need most of the time. And when they need the services of a subspecialist, that we continue to coordinate that care. What's happened here recently is that there are new tools that potentially we can use to better provide primary care homes or a a medical home. For example, the electronic health record and open access scheduling and group visits and a number of innovations that should allow us to do an even better job of providing comprehensive care and coordinated care for patients. Of course, the the big bugaboo is the current payment system which rewards us all for face visits, but not the behind-the-scenes visit, the coordination of care, the phone calls in the near future, and even now the emails that we provide for which there's no reimbursement. Well, So the, the system is still kind of sick, and that's why all these things are kind of popping up to kind of step in and try and help the system. But as you mentioned, it's, it's really the payer issue that we still have to deal with. Yes, the payment system is still the driving force. The incentives that are placed before physicians, again, particularly in primary care, many of the services that we provide for which there's no payment and yet they're valuable services. The research has shown there's value in these services, but the current payment system does not uh, reward. As president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, I am I'm now giving you a soapbox to stand on and use the next minute or so to really say what you think is necessary to change the system, if you have the solution. I think there's a number of things that we've got to do with this healthcare system. Number one, every individual needs to have health insurance. You know, when you think about it, it's just not right that any of us could be financially destitute uh, because of our genome structure, 
or that we happened to get an infectious disease that we had no control over, or we were in an accident that we had no control over. There must be some way to provide patients insurance so that they don't suffer catastrophic financial loss because of something that they, frankly, just don't have any control over. The second thing we need to look at are those preventive services that are good for patients and good for society. And by that, I mean immunizations for individuals, well-child checks, care of pregnant women, which has been shown that if we provide prenatal care to all women, it cuts the cost of uh, premature delivery. Well, Dr. Rick Kellerman, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Okay, thank you very much for having me. We've been discussing retail-based clinics and Dr. Kellerman's prescription for the future. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD, XM, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com, and thank you for listening.